0: Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, You got a Bible? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. I'm talking about the road to the cross. I've been trying to do those little snippets uh, every day. If you're following along with me in that devotional, there's little snippets (laughs) that go along with that on my Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. I don't know how they do it, but anyway, it's there. So uh, we're we're moving from now until Easter. And uh, I had to explain, it dawned on me the day was talking about how Jesus was home from London. And someone said, who, who, what, what? Well, we have this young man that has uh, played Jesus for us for about the last last eight or nine years in our play, and they were in Durham for the last year or so. Well, they got to come home, so Jesus is home from England, so now we can do You, you, you don't realize, you get to talking, and you realize there's people sitting out in a crowd that don't they, What are you talking about? Uh, Jesus has been hiding in London for 2,000 years. <laughs> Elvis is in Cuba, Jesus is <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, "...but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, rubbish, trash, mm, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him." Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. For the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Anybody here want to know Christ? i got four people. Anybody want to know Christ? Okay. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection. And participate in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, so that somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind. How many of you got a behind you'd rather forget? (laughs) You have to really get with that, right? I'd rather forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. And I press on. Say, press on. on. Look at your other neighbor and say, "Press press on. Keep pushing. Press on. Press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward. In verse 16, only let us live up to, look at your neighbor and say, live up to it. What we have already received. You ever had just keep pressing My dad was always making this statement, son, buck up. Just buck it up. Uh, Every once in a while, if he got really irritated with me, he'd say, suck it up. Just buck up, son. Be a boy. You ever had anybody tell you that? You ever been in a situation where you needed to buck up? You ever been in one of those situations where you needed to press on? You need to push on through COVID. You need to push on through cold weather. I think cold weather was worse than COVID. You need to push on. You, you, you need to get going. You need to, how many ever needed to just press on through that migraine? No matter who he was. Now, migraine. You need to press on through that, through that, uh, that, that, that depression, that, that feeling. How yeah, I may have just pressed through a feeling. You can't wallow in it. You just got to press through it. You got to push through it a little bit. You just have to keep, you got to endure the Bible would say. You, you, you got to persevere, the scriptures would say. How many of you ever had to put pressure on yourself? Had to drink another cup of coffee and finish that? You, 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 no? You, you, you knew you just had to keep going. You had to keep walking. I, I, I would say something to this generation right now, and that is, man up. Quit, quit being a bunch of sissies. You got to put a little pressure on yourself. You ever had to get in shape? I had to, yeah, listen, yeah. Sometimes you don't know you're out of shape until you have to do something that reveals. You ever had something come on you and it revealed that you were out of shape? I had to run the other day. I'm 62 and a half years old, and I had to run from the back of the building to the front of the building to the back of the building, back out. And then I was so tired when I jumped up on Sean's truck, I fell off. I thought I was in pretty good shape until I had to run. Sometimes stress comes on you to reveal to you that you're not what you think you are. Sometimes pressures come to reveal that you are not in the spiritual condition that God really wants you to be in. Why is all this happening? To reveal to you that you're not as much as you thought you were. To reveal to you that you're out of shape. You can get out of shape. When you get out of shape, you have to put a little pressure in yourselves. Sometimes going through stuff reveals. Can I tell you something? America's out of shape. Her systems are broke. Think about it. All you've seen all year long is the fact that there's pressure that came up on systems of our social construct and it just didn't work. And it means we got to get in shape. There's nothing wrong with what happened other than the reveals that we need to lose some weight. We need to... Oh, no knows how quiet it gets here. It ain't nobody's fault. We've been eating ding-dongs for a long time. We've, we've been treating ourselves like a bunch of sissies for a long time. We just got to get in shape. We'll figure it out. We get out of shape. We got to recognize we're out of shape. I, there's a football coach that I really love, and he makes this statement. He says, fatigue will make a coward out of everybody. Yeah. Fatigue will make a coward out of, think about it. I remember him talking about it. He'd go and say, listen, I have to put these young men into shape, into condition, because about the beginning of the fourth quarter, if they get tired, they'll hesitate. Fatigue makes cowards. It will allow fear to creep into your life. If you're not in spiritual shape, something will take place, and you'll grow tired and weary, and all of a sudden there'll be fear that will rise up, and that's the, where the enemy loves to Am I making any sense? So when your pastor spends his whole life going, you ought to pray. When your pastor spends his whole life saying, you ought to read your Bible. When your pastor spends his whole life, listen, I've spent my whole life saying, you ought to be in better shape. I've spent my entire life trying to talk about spiritual disciplines. Why? Because crap will happen. Stuff will happen in your life things will show up and all of a sudden you'll be falling off the back of a pickup truck thinking i can't breathe (laughs) and it'll reveal that you need to get yourself back in shape and and listen i always check the oil of my car before i go out of town why because i don't want it to be out of oil i always check the air and the tires on a motorcycle if i'm gonna go somewhere why because i don't need it to break it's only got two wheels See, it's not that I've already obtained. Anytime you ever get to that place where you think you've arrived, you, you, see, this is not about arriving somewhere. This is about remaining and being in the shape that God's called us to be. Everybody wants a better life, but nobody wants to live a better way. Have you ever noticed that? You got to live in a little different way than what you've lived in before. You've got to recognize that you got to put this thing back into shape. You got to, you I love what Paul says here. Five times in the first five verses of what I've read to you, he said, for Christ, for the sake of Christ, for the gain of Christ, I want Christ. He never one time mentioned heaven. He said, because I want to be like Christ, because I want to possess that which Christ has possessed, because I want to live in a different way than I've ever lived, because I want to be a different person than I've ever been, because I've recognized that when I saw the Christ, When I saw him, I realized that there was something better than what I possessed. Now, the interesting thing here is in the first six verses, he tells you his resume. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day, not the seventh day, not the ninth day, but on the eighth day. Did you know it cost you money to get circumcised on the eighth day? That you had to reserve a spot. We only do so many circumcisions a day. And if you don't get your day reserved, then you might get circumcised on the seventh day and not the eighth day. But he goes, I was done right. He said, it was impressive. And he goes, I come from the tribe of Judah, or from the tribe of Benjamin. I I come from the right side of the tracks, man. I mean, if you read your Bible right there, it says a Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, a Christian of Christians, the best of the best, the Baptist of the Baptist, the Pentecostal of the Pentecostal. I, man, I, listen, I want you to know I graduated from this school and that school, and I could quote the Torah front to back. By the time I was 13, I had impressive stuff in my life. But I want you to know I gave up everything that was impressive to man that I might contain and hold the things that are important to God. You cannot live your life trying to impress humanity and gain the things that are important to God. There's no way. And Paul comes to this place in his life when he says, I have to count all of the things that the world says are impressive, I have to call them trash. Everything that impresses humanity, I have to count it as nothing that I might gain this thing called the Christ that I might live in the reality of the presence of the living God. I've noticed something. We celebrate all the wrong stuff. Have you, have you noticed this? We celebrate all the wrong stuff. We, we celebrate these impressive accomplishments. I mean, we, we, have you ever known people never compliment you for being consistent? No, if you're always on time, they never say thank you. They, all, they only compliment you if you're on time and you're late all the time. We compliment people when they do something that's, wow, you know. (laughs) Listen, here's the truth of the matter is, when you get really good at something, they stop complimenting you, which means the highest compliment is the fact that they never compliment you because it means that you're really good and consistent at what you're doing. So if you haven't been receiving any compliments lately, let me just tell you that's the greatest compliment you can get is because you're consistently good, steadfast at being a good dad, at being a good mom, at being a good provider. Because very few people show up and say, thank you for providing my bedroom, Dad. Very few. I can remember going to bed many, many times saying, I fed them. Again. (laughs) I just bought you shoes. Last week. And now you're whining because I won't buy you another pair of shoes this week. You're not even saying thank you for the pair I bought you last week because I'm just good at what I do. And when you're good at what you do, you never get... We always celebrate the wrong things. Oh, you look good. You, you, ever, you look good. Have you lost a little weight? Never, nobody ever says, you look good still. Always. I mean, how about, how about just complimenting somebody? For, you're always clean. Thank you. I, I mean, come on. Right? I mean... How about complimenting somebody? Listen, I have a couple of friends. Charles is always put together. Always. You, I mean, if Charles is mowing his yard, cleaning his garage, he's put together. He's just, bam. Terry Webb, if you know my friend Terry, he's always nice to you. He's always the same. He's always up. He's always Mr. Optimistic. Just, bam, right? Come on. Isn't he, Katie? He just always... Just, and, the, the point of this is that when you get really good at something, no one compliments you anymore because they just expect you to be. Right? And if you're not careful, you'll get depressed that nobody's complimenting you over. Because the truth of the matter is what impresses people is what's on the outside. But the only reason you can maintain things out here in an impressive way is that you've worked on what's on the inside. It's the character of Charles that's really good. It's the character of Terry that's really good. And that equates in that. But see, you never get any compliments for working on the you that no one can see. And it's a lot. Again, we compliment the wrong things. Man, you're looking good. Have you lost any weight? No, the the, the real question is, you're looking really good. Did, Did you get rid of some bitterness? Did did you lose an attitude? (laughs) Who did you forgive? See, what we really need to be complimenting is what really is going on on the inside, not on what we can see. You know, you 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 must you must have got over something this week, isn't that right? We compliment the wrong things. Maybe we ought to maybe we ought to start paying attention because God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outside. Paul is trying to say to us in Philippians 3 that I had to give up what was impressive to the world. I had to recognize that when I met the Christ and when I saw Jesus, that I was seeing something that was far greater than anything I could attain to here. That when I saw Christ on the cross, when I realized that Jesus had come into my life and that he had taken on himself my sin my sickness, that he'd come into my lostness In fact he writes to the Corinthians and says if I'm crazy it's because I saw the love of Christ and that if one died for all then we've all died to Christ. No one should live any longer for themselves. It has nothing to do with our moral attributes. It has nothing to do with our doctrine. It has nothing to do with our religious ascent into being perfect. It has to do with he came into that which is imperfect that that which is imperfect might praise him who is perfect who has decided by grace to come and share his perfection with us in spite of ourselves that that you can't earn this you don't deserve this that it comes as a gift and Paul begins to expound on the reality that it's not just that you confess the Christ but that you be possessed by the Christ that you be conformed to the image and the likeness of the Christ and he hears those words that Peter says if anyone desires he must deny himself lose himself, take up the cross. He must exchange his life for this life. For what profit a man for him to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I would say that to all of us. What profit a man or a woman to gain everything and yet not have the Christ on the inside? The anointed one, the one that destroys yokes, moves mountains, that heals the sick, raises the dead. The reality of it is, is we have to put our value in the right spot. Paul writes the Romans and he said, he whom he foreknew predestined to be conformed to the image. I want to become like this man who gave his life for others. I want to know him. And that word know is an adult word. Look at your neighbor and say, this is rated R. This is an adult word. To know isn't to mentally ascend, but to know is to be intimately united. The only way I can describe it is through a man knowing a woman, intimately, to know. Listen, I can describe Annie to you, but I really don't care to because I know her. See, no one knows the heart of a man save the God himself. You see, we, we have to understand, Paul said, I don't want to just ascend upon you mentally. I want to know you intimately. I want to know you in every area of my life. I, I desire to understand this reality of you being. Why? Because as he is, so am I. Because listen, if that anointing, that, that anoints and destroys Joe, if that's in me, there's more to me than Cinderella. That's why we love the story. There's more to me than Superman. There's more down on the inside of me. And when you know that, you understand that when Christ comes into your life and begins to form and shape you, that he'll reveal potential inside of you that you will never achieve by your own righteousness. But it's something that he comes and he gives it to you. And Paul says, listen, I have done and been the most impressive things there are. And what I've realized is there is so much more that I'll forget all of that so that the Christ can begin to work in me that I might know what lives in me. For Christ in me is the very hope of his glory. Christ working inside of me releases the anointing that he has given to me. Every one of you have an anointing, a smearing, a rubbing, the empowerment of God to become the person that he created you to be. But you must let go of those things that impress you. You have to stop evaluating and judging other people and allow yourself to recognize that it is Christ that comes inside of a human being and causes them to be like him that he comes to reform us. He comes to form us in the image and the likeness of God so that the glory of God is seen through you and I as we are good to one another, as we are generous to one another, as we love one another. As we lift one another up, as we encourage one another, as we pull for one another, as we push with one another. Oh, God, listen, great people don't do great things. God does great things through people who have surrendered their lives to the spirit of the living God that's now on the inside of us, strengthening us day by day that we become more and more like him. That's why Paul says, I pray that you might be formed or reformed, born in the image and the likeness of God, in that rebirth and that re-becoming, to become again. Everybody wants a better life. Nobody wants to live a better way. But we have to choose a better way. We have to become fully alive, that we might know, know intimately the reality of that love, and then to believe in the power of the resurrection, I want to know the Christ and I want to experience the power of the resurrection. You can tell me you want a powerless gospel, but my question is what's the point? If I don't need the power of the Christ, I think I'll just be Buddhist. It's easier. I'm not, I, don't, I don't need the power of God. Really? How in the hell did you live the last year? I'm serious. This last year has been tough. How did you get through without the power of God helping you? Some of you think you did it yourself. No, that was the power of God that you just remain ungrateful for. See, the only thing we got, the only reason America is coming through this, is the power and the grace and the mercy and the love of God. That's how we got through it. I didn't. I did it on my own. I got up, went to work every day. You jerk. Who do you think gave you the heart that beat while you got up and went to work? Right? I need to know the power of his resurrection. I need to know the power that takes my dead life and makes it live again. To know that kind of power, to experience that kind of reality. And there's so many Marthas. I know, Lazarus will live again, again in the last day. No, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. That faith is now. That there is a present reality of a life that conquers death. You can live in the power of his resurrection today. You you can experience that reality of who he is and what he's doing and how he's moving. I want to know the power of his resurrection now. I want a present reality. I, I don't want a future promise. I want a present reality. One of the reasons why I keep bringing you back to here is because every time you remember he died and rose again, you also know he's alive in you today. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives within me and to jolt our minds into the realization that there's more in me. There's he in me and that I have to surrender to that reality. I have to surrender to that moment and I have to allow that Christ to begin to come and break the bondages that I can know that. But I got Heather sitting in my office and I was teaching this. I was actually dry running it through staff. You don't know what that means, do you? I was trying it out. And Heather looks up and she goes, Dad, that's really good. But it's so spiritual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she said, make it practical. I said, huh? She said, you're gonna to have to explain to us how we do that. I said, well, honey, that's easy. He said, I want to know the power of the resurrection and your sufferings. Did, did you take me back to that verse? Can you take me back? I, He connects that to this thing. uh, The fellowship, uh, no, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. See, Peter said, thou art the Christ, but oh, no, 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 don't go suffer. Can I tell you something about humanity? We want the power of the resurrection. We just don't want to die. And how I make this practical to you is is this is going to hurt. I got good news. Good news and I got bad news. You're going to live again. But guess what the bad news is? You're going to die first. And guess how you're going to die? In the fellowship of his suffering. So listen, I don't need you to die like Jesus died. I need you to live like Jesus died. I'm not trying to die like Jesus died. I'm trying to live like he really did in the fellowship of his sufferings how do i know him and the power of his resurrection get married you're looking at me like what do you know how hard it is to be married it's a piece of cake you want here come here i'm going to give this to you <laughs> i want to i want to know that how do we know him and in the power of his resurrection, we get married. We have friends. I have to live with you. You have to live with me. And in order to get along with another human being, you suffer. You, don't giggle at me. It's true. You don't get to have your way all the time, Bubba. You, you, sissy, you don't get to buy everything you want to buy. It 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 is suffering to love another human being. It is suffering at times to have to forgive them the 55th time because they left the toilet seat up. I mean it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Every woman's going. Mhm. <laughs> what am I trying to say to you? The only way you know the Christ and the power of his resurrection is to live with each other. And living with each other, contrary to what television has told you on Hallmark, hurts. It's a give and a take. It's a meshing of, sometimes i got to surrender my rights. Sometimes i, I got to say, okay, have it your way. Am I making any sense? The only way to know Him spiritually and the power of His res- resurrection is to live it out physically is to live it out in the here and now so that every time that there's a conflict in our lives whether it's in our marriage or in our nation our nations really struggling to love the other side christianity is supposed to be able to stand here and say you have to learn how to love the other side it's a war against good and evil no it's not guess what tree he told you not to eat Good and evil. You don't even know. And you can't handle it. Only God can handle that. You're not here fighting. You can't. No, 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 no. How do you know Him and the power of the resurrection? You live it out with people that you don't even like, you live it out with people that you think are blockheads. You, you don't understand. You're going to forgive me as I tell you this. Can I tell you something? When I'm preaching to you and people are up moving around, that is the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I love all of you. But when you get up and you do all this, you do, do you know, go to the bathroom before you come in. If I can wait 90 minutes, you can wait 90 minutes. I love you. But now, you can learn to sit still. And he's making me mad. That's okay. I've been putting up with you for 35 years. (laughs) I'm just trying to make it real to you. How do I know him and the power of his resurrection? I have to forgive you. And you have to learn to respect me. That's suffering. Because sometimes I don't want to forgive you. Sometimes I just want to slap. Never (laughs) Listen, I'm telling on me, but are you getting it? Are, 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 how do I know him and the power of his resurrection? I live this life. And I live this life because sometimes it hurts. She's mean to me. Can I tell you something? <laughs> She's mean to me. <laughs> Have you ever walked in your grandkids' room and the other one's going, He's mean. How do I know this? I live. I live in this, and I I I I hurt, and my rights get trampled on, and and I want to make it out about me, and it's not about me. It's about others, and 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 all of that is going on, and 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 God is shaping me, and I'm learning, and it's not that I've already arrived. Do you hear Paul now? I haven't got this all together. I, I haven't attained. So I do one thing. I forget and I push. And how do I know that I'm getting better? Not because I've arrived, but because there's progress. There's a little progress in me because 30 years ago, I'd have slapped you. 30 years ago, I'd stop everything and go, hey, Nicholas, come here. Go ask him. He's sitting back there watching. Nicholas was like 10, and, and, and he was horsing around. I'd stop, everything. Stop, bring that kid up. Bring that kid right here. Sorry, son. I have not yet arrived. Nobody in this room has arrived. But what we do is encourage one another to press on. We encourage one another to, listen, COVID made me mad. Cold snap made me mad. I know how they should fix it. Just ask me, I tell you. But can I tell you, as a man... Who watched it happen in this community? What I knew to do was to be involved and help. Because I gotta tell you, Reno County, you've been blessed. You had doctors that cared, you had health officials that cared, you had civic leaders that cared, you had people that were doing their dead level best in a situation that they didn't know what to do. Listen, America, you're blessed. For, for people to develop a vaccine, everybody going, ah! for people to develop a vaccine in nine months is miraculous. Yeah. Yep. Take it, don't take it, I don't care. But I just wonder if we could take the next problem and solve it in nine months. Mm-hmm. What if we all got together and we had to solve racism? I bet we could do it. It's amazing what you could do when you have to. It's amazing what happens when you put people under pressure and you quit pointing fingers at one another and you begin to suffer with one another as to how to solve problems. We're blessed. We are so blessed we don't even see it. Christ is being shaped and formed in us. We we need to learn to suffer with one another, comfort one another. This is the cross. This is not, thou art the Christ. This is, oh, Christ be born, formed, change, work on me, make me a better person. Are you getting any of this? This Listen, the last year has been a lesson of how to be formed in the image and the likeness of Christ. I wish we could have taken another lesson. I I didn't choose that course. How many of you would like to have chose? I I think I want to drop this one. Most of us don't get to choose the lessons that we're handed. Most of us have to just simply live in the sufferings of these realities and learn whatever it is. How do I experience the power of the resurrection? How do I come into the knowing of the Christ and be shaped and formed in the it's called the human experience. It's called this. And if we'll relax a little bit and let him shape us. and That's what Lent is all about is going into my own soul and go, what did I learn about myself this last year? What did I learn about myself in this marriage? What, what, what attitudes or bitternesses or judgments have I found out about me? And, and hold them up and go oh Jesus notice how quiet it gets in this church because I'm not here just to motivate you I'm here to create an atmosphere where you can truly become like the Christ because if we become like the Christ there's hope Christ in us is the hope our hope isn't in America it isn't in, it's in us I have such hope in you and listen I can go around this room and I know what I know what some of you are going through and some of you are dealing with and I know it feels like you're losing and I know it's sad and I know it hurts but can I tell you what your pastor sees I see Christ at work in your life I see you making progress and the Christian life is such a paradox because the more progress you make, the further away you feel. Right? I mean, the closer I get to God, the less I feel like I am. The closer I get to God, the, the but that, not that I have yet attained. I mean, the first time I ever read that from Paul, I thought, well, if he can't get there, I give up. Right? But, but it's a paradox. The less you, the weaker you feel, the stronger you're becoming. What your pastor sees is God working in you, and God chipping away and forming and reshaping. And I see that in every one of you. It's how do I know him and the power of his resurrection, by participating in the sufferings of others? I was trying to find a way to bring this home and close this, and did that make it pragmatic enough? If you didn't like it, tell Heather. She's the one that challenged me to make it practical. So I love West Wing. Anybody? Nobody? Okay. Then you you may miss this whole thing then. But I love that. And there's this little clip in there. And if you don't get it, I'll come back and explain it. But I I found this little clip. And there's this gentleman going to walk through the scene. And he's just coming back from seeing a doctor. And his boss is waiting on him. How'd it go? Did you wait around for me? How'd it go? He thinks I may have an eating disorder. Josh. And, uh, fear of rectangles. That's not weird, is it? I didn't cut my hand on a glass. I broke a window in my apartment. This guy's walking down the street when he falls in the hall. The walls are so steep, he can't get out. A doctor passes by, and the guy shouts up, Hey, you, can you help me out? The doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. Then a priest comes along, and the guy shouts up, Father, I'm down in this hole, can you help me out? The priest writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. Then a friend walks by. Hey, Joe, it's me, can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. Our guy says, Are you stupid? Now we're both down here. The friend says... Yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. Did you get it? How do I know him and the power of his resurrection? I jump into the hole. That's what Christ has done. You don't know him because you have mentally ascended into him. You know him because he jumped into the hole called your life. He jumped into whatever situation you're in today because he knows the way out. That's what Christ has done. And Paul says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. What hole have you jumped in lately? Whose suffering? have you jumped into lately that's how you know the Christ and the power of his resurrection when you have enough love for someone else that you jump into the suffering that perhaps they created for themselves but you love them you have compassion for them Doctors hand you a prescription. Priests say a prayer. And most American Christians today just criticize them for being there. Listen, if we're going to know the power of the Christ, we're going to have to jump in a few places and help people out of some of that. That's the gospel. I want to know it. I want to know that power. So whose suffering are you willing to share? If anyone desires me, he will have to deny himself, take up his cross, lose his life, and follow me. Hmm. This is not some three-point sermon so that you can get rich, get get out of that mess. No, this isn't about you getting out of a mess. It's about you jumping into one. This will change the world. This makes people... (laughs) This is why they abandoned everything and said, oh, no, throw me to the lion. Oh, no, cut off my head. Crucify me upside down. This, that kind of love, that's what changed the world can I tell you when Paul says no no I've experienced the love of God so I'm going to give my life for others and he was martyred and a generation saw that and so they gave their life the world is one generation away from the extinction of Christianity because Christians are unwilling to die for others they would rather adjudicate sin and die for it. The only way we're going to save our children and hand ha- Christianity to the next generation is be willing to die for the sake of other people. Yeah, but I've been here before, and I know the way out. You're watching me at home. Christ comes into your life right there. He comes into your drug and state. He comes into your abusive relationship. He comes into that financial crisis. He comes onto that sofa where you are comfy this morning. And he comes to break the addiction of the drugs and the sofa. because Some of you have got addicted to being comfy. If you're in a situation this morning, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to see Christ sit down beside you. He's with you in that situation and in this moment. Got your eyes closed? And if you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm not in that hole, would you just for one moment pretend that you're sitting with someone who is. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers. And that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.